Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Strumsky. Today, I'm thrilled to have Alex Kang with us, who has recently started his own restaurant in Northern Virginia called Okanami. Okanami currently offers the same pick-and-choose style as Chipotle and Cava, but with Asian bowls. His goal is one day to make Okanami a global chain. So let's dive in and learn what Alex has learned so far, and how he believes he can reach his dream. Enjoy. So I looked up your LLC, and uh, it's not... I guess it's tied to Okanami Grill, but what's the actual name of your LLC? Oh, um, the LLC is uh, a very good food company. Yes, that's it. Yeah. That's perfect. I mean, look at, uh, what you call it, Elon Musk, I think the boring company. Uh, <laughs> like, he's got all those. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought that was cute. I was like, because I wanted to see, like, you started it um, mm-hmm. semi-recently, but I wanted to see, like, because I feel like it's a big thing because I've started a couple LLCs for my company. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, it, it's not a huge thing, but, like, you're picking out a name, you're, like... You're, yeah, names have importance. Yeah, and yeah. you're putting a filing fee and stuff like that, so... <laughs> what what got you to that point? What what made you want to start your own... By the way, I was looking for the correct terminology. Would you say restaurant? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, would, I mean, of course, it's a restaurant, but then... Um... Oh, l- let me start off like this. By the way, so I met Alex over a suggestion from a good friend, uh, Lauren Pescatori. Oh, sorry, that's not her name anymore. Uh, Lauren Cody. And she she raved about the place. She said she loved the rice bowls and stuff like that. And yeah. the, the funny thing is, as you drove here, did you realize how close I was? Yeah. And I had never been to the place before and had been open yeah. for three, three months. And to describe it to people who are listening, the bowls are, if you really like bulgogi and kava it's like mixed with that and it, it's just got like all the ingredients are just flavorful they come together like the rice is good like all the bases are good and then the meat is just i, I don't want to say succulent but like really moist and juicy well it's just cooked well that's, yeah that's yeah, yeah. It it's just, yeah it's just done right um I, I i tell my workers the the ones that i have now um yeah that we're not doing anything amazing by any means. We're just doing it right. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't do. Like they say they want to do this or that and like they come out with these concepts, but it's just like you're not executing properly. Yeah. So it's like there's thought in it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Whereas it's not like checking the boxes to yeah. get it done. You actually care what it tastes like when it's going out. Yeah. So I mean like even when I'm training my staff, um, you know, like even though they're front of house, I still go over like the five, you know, traits of food that you want to find, like uh, aroma, appearance, taste, texture, temperature. You know, like these are all things that anybody in the restaurant industry that's, you know, touching the food should be aware of. So, um, yeah, there's there's definitely, you know, uh, checks like that that we have in place so that the food comes out consistently. Okay. Let me circle back to my last question on yeah, what no. got you to that point. What What made you... I guess, what builds you up your skill and knowledge to get to such a point where you're like, okay, I want to do this myself? So, um, I mean, I did restaurants here and there part-time while I was in Asia um, a lot just because my friends were involved in it. And, you know, like, 
if you don't have, I, I have zero um, connections in Asia. Mm-hmm. Like when I first went, that I, I literally had an aunt and that was it. Yeah. Um. So you know, like the friends that I met, they were all doing in, like restaurant stuff. So if and you want to, your degree is in marketing, correct? If I, sorry, business. Uh, yeah. no, no, no. I have a degree in biology and chemistry. Bio- That's what it was. And I was like, <laughs> maybe we had like uh, Simmons. Was it Simmons? Simmons. Yes. Yeah. He was. Maybe. He was the bio like so professor. Big, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. talk. Yeah, he's. Definitely southern. Sorry, keep on going. I'm yeah, just no. trying to... I, I love Simmons too. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, when you have nobody that you're like you know acquainted with or anything, like you just want to spend time with people, and they're already in like their restaurant doing stuff. It's like okay, well, I guess I'm gonna hang out at your restaurant kind of thing. So um, yeah, that that's kind of how I got into the restaurant stuff, and they they kind of realized, oh, you kind of have a knack for this, like. You know, like you're looking at it in a different way than we are, kind of thing. I mean, I'm I was looking at it in a uh, like scientific kind of way, <laughs> like you know, like um, how does the food cook? How are we doing it this way? Like, uh, what are the processes that we're doing? Right? Uh, can we replicate it? That that's really like the big thing that they saw. It was just like, oh, he's looking at ways that we can like make this consistent and like, um, yeah. So, but yeah, really that, that was coming from a place of, well, I have nobody to hang out with and these guys are in the restaurant all the time. So I'm going to hang out with them. Like what's their problem. And you know, like how can we fix it so that we can go drink afterwards now? Yeah. It sounded like you went to Virginia tech and you, you should have got an engineering degree. Oh, most definitely. Like I, I, when, when I was at Virginia tech, like, uh, I still remember like, um, I was in a business class and like as a science major, you know, like taking a business class, that's, that's really weird. But it was one of those gen eds that I had to take. And I was just like acing it. And I was just like, yeah, I have a knack for business. I know that. So I don't really need to take this. But then like the engineering stuff that, that always fascinated me. Like the idea of like, there's a problem, we must fix it. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's something that like, I, I just, I, I wish I took, I pursued that career because, you know, like, I feel like, that's something that I would have found a lot of happiness from. Yeah. Um, but instead, I went this like pre-med route that, you know, like towards the end, at, at, in my senior year, like I looked at the pre-med route and I was just like, this just isn't it for me. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like healthcare in America is broken. Um, there's just no way that like I will influence healthcare in such a way that like it's meaningful in my life or, yeah, yeah like it, it was, it was such like i i shadowed i shadowed the doctor and you know like it was just like one of those like oh it's just a bunch of obese people like coming in at the last second like right before like like during a heart attack or something like they're on the deathbed basically and like this is kind of what american healthcare is and it's like that's not something i really want to be a part of so um yeah that's 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 kind of what sums up the uh, college experience for me where it's like, oh man, I got this degree that like, is really kind of not, you know, like anything because I didn't, you, like you had to go like further. You had to advance yeah, in it. Yeah, biology, I mean. Make it like, equal. It, yeah. It, it's, I mean, obviously it's above, uh, as you know, going to tech, all the engineers would stack their majors on which one was better, but like psychology yeah. and like, yeah, yeah. you know, all those majors where it's like, 
well, you, you paid this much for four years of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's that. And then, I mean, I, I still make fun of, you know, like, for example, one of my workers, he's like, oh, yeah, I like he's a high schooler. He's a senior and he's going to college next year. And he's like, I think I'm going to go in for psych. And I'm like, you know, that's a soft science. <laughs> nobody's going to take you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's that. Yeah. That's something that we always did when we were in college too. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess with all your experience going through all the restaurants, helping out your friends and then uh, coming back in the U S what was mm-hmm. the step like that from there to, I guess, fr- first starting out. Oh man, that was, um, that was, that was such a weird transition. So, I mean, like my, my last job in Korea was, really um it on, on paper it says that i was consulting uh but uh basically it was my mentor that picked me up um i had a mentor while i was in korea uh, who was a family friend and uh the entire time i was in korea like he would check up on me take me out to like lunch and just be like hey how are you doing what are you doing with your life kind of thing and um you know like uh at that point i had been playing poker for a living yeah. And, um, yeah, I was just tired of it. It was, it was one of those, like, uh, poker is super solitary. If you're like spending 40 hours on the table, which would be like considered full time, right? Yeah. Uh, you're spending 80, like off the table, like going over every little like detail Yeah, and just like optimizing everything, you know, like, optimizing your play, optimizing, like how Were you, you exploit it in people. person or online. Oh, it, in person because yeah, you make so much money over there. Like, there's just so many Chinese multimillionaires that just don't know an ounce of what they're doing. Yeah, they're just blowing it. Yeah, and they're just literally giving away tens of thousands of dollars. And you're just sitting there like, oh, thank you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I was doing that. And then, like, I was, ba- I literally had, like, um, what's it called? The the ticket information and everything to go back to the States. And then he called me and was like, Hey, uh, I want to open up a second franchise. He had a franchise at that point uh, that he had taken over when I first came to Korea. And it was a Vietnamese franchise uh, that was opened by two like Korean Americans. So it was like an American style, like Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah. So um, that's completely foreign in Korea too, because they go Hanoian style. Which is completely different than the Saigonese and American style that, like, we in America are used to, right? Yeah, makes sense. So, um, yeah, he had taken that over, and it, it, he, when he took it over, they only had two restaurants, and, like, by the time he had contacted me, they had, like, 10 plus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they even had a place in, uh, what's it called? The Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, like, the Olympic whatever that thing is Village called. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah in korea yeah he had they actually had a stand there and everything that's awesome um but yeah so uh he called me and was like hey i'm tired of doing this because uh at that time he had only 30 percent stake in uh that company so he was just like i'm managing and these are silent partners that are taking 67 percent of you know yeah like this just makes no sense so i want to start something else and uh, he was like i'm tired of doing the breakfast food so pho and banh mi are known as breakfast foods in Vietnam. So, um, yeah, he was like, no, I want to do dinner, lunch and dinner, <laughs> like not just lunch and dinner. Like I want to do a full, like five to seven course, you know, $150 a head, you know, kind of, uh, experience. So, um, yeah, he, he said that to me and was like, do you want to do it for me? Like, do you want to, you know, like be the feet on the ground for me for this? And I was like, 
sure why not you know like yeah. like yeah basically um that that job um for the for the year that i was doing it uh i was living like anthony bourdain like i i, I was sent to vietnam to live there and like literally immerse myself in it like i, I was part of a nonprofit um yeah. that teaches uh the hospitality industry to you know underprivileged kids so yeah i kind of learned from there <laughs> like oh this is actually what you're supposed to do and things like that and then I, uh on the side i had met um this weird white guy um that just got burnt out in new york and he had worked at several michelin restaurants up in new york and then uh just got a divorce and he had moved over to vietnam to like get a fresh start mm. fell in love with vietnamese food and then um basically started this journey where he started from the very top which is uh like sapa is at the very north uh right. northern tip of uh vietnam and then he went all the way down uh to the southern tip of vietnam mm -hmm. so it's like going from chicago all the way to miami mm -hmm. right by bike uh and every six miles i'm doing like the conversions yeah <laughs> yeah every six miles uh he would literally stop at a local hotel and be like teach me something regional within like this, you know, 10 kilometer, six mile radius and I'll fix your Western menu. So like he did that and learned all these regional like foods and everything. And yeah, I met him at a bar and we just fell in love with each other. And yeah, um, I got to work with him for like six months too um, during that time to open awesome. kitchens. And yeah, so it's, it's one of those, like I likened that time to, um, you know, like, <coughs> if you're in the ring with like Mike Tyson during like his practices, like yeah. eventually you're going to learn. Like, you're gonna pick up something yeah. You're going to pick something up. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's essentially what happened. I mean, he, he went, he went on to open up, um, the first Asia top 50 in Saigon. Yeah. So yeah, like that's, yeah, that's kind of how I learned how, all the stuff that I'm doing right now too. So, yeah. That's great. So what would you say And you kind of touched upon it when we were talking about your food, mm -hmm. What sets your food, I guess, different from other people around the area or even in the D.C. metro area? Oh, I, I think my standards are completely different. Um, I don't think, I mean, anybody that's serious about food is never going to say that D.C. is a destination spot for food. Like, you, you don't come here to eat. Like, that's not your main priority of coming here, right? Um you know, like, again, like I worked with the guy that opened the Asia Top 50. A lot of my friends have, you know, like super successful restaurants throughout Asia. And, you know, their, their, their goals were always like, I want to be the best at what I'm doing kind of thing. Um, so, you know, like I have that mindset as well when I'm doing this. It's like, hey, I'm not gunning to be, you know, like just mediocre. Like, it's like, hey, no, like this restaurant is going to be the top Asian restaurant in America. Hopefully that's what happens. Uh, hopefully I take over Panda Express, right? Yeah. Um, I want this to be where, wherever there's a Chipotle, wherever there's a Kava, this has to be the third option. Essentially yeah. is what is what I want it to be. So uh, yeah, in five years, I hope I have 15 in this area and then another five after that. Hopefully I'm in New York opening about, you know, 30 in New York. That's so, great. Yeah. Uh, I like people who actually just speak what what their goal is rather than oh yeah no i, I make it very clear <laughs> like, most people they'll, 
Yeah. They won't say anything just so people don't, you know, poo-poo or that way they don't yeah, put yeah. themselves out there. So, but I feel like when you say something that you're going to do, you kind of put it on yourself, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no. Like, that's that's kind of the draw of being just very straightforward. It's just like, oh, crap. Now I have, like, this, you know, like, it's out there. Like, I need this done. And, you know, like, um, no, like, that's... I, I think these are very realistic goals. I've created something that's very... Um, that's very franchisable for one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm never going to franchise it. It's like I said, like I, I, um, you know what happens. Yeah. I know what happens once you start franchising and I don't want to franchise. Like I still like, uh, after working at Panda for a bit, like when I came back, like it was just like seeing a monster, like, you know, like working with a monster and like just seeing how they work. It was just like, Holy crap. This is amazing. It's like a mindless, uh, type machine and just soaking out the money for other people who are not really involved in the process. Yeah. No, but then like the way that Panda did it, like, um, a, like the thing that solidified like me never franchising was the fact that like when COVID hit, there was like a week period where like nobody knew what to do. Right. Um, and they shut down everything in that week time. Right. And Panda shut down all 2000 stores that they had and within three days opened up with ppe everything like fixed and you know like yeah it was just like one of those like who else has this kind of like ability to respond like that quickly money and power and just time yeah like it, it was just like one of those like holy crap like nobody else could keep up with us so it was just like wow that that level of like just just the willpower of like andrew turn to be like hey like, I want it this way, and I don't care what it takes. Like, all of my stores will be open within the next three days with all of this, and you guys need to figure it out. So it was just like, that's exactly what I want for my, like, yeah. for my business. It's just like, yeah, that's that's the right way to do it. That and then it's also um, one of those, like, without franchising, like, I actually have a higher percentage for myself, uh, so to speak. But then that also means that, I can do more like that percentage I can give to like my workers, for example, um, like my workers right now, they're, they're looking at their paycheck, like confused because, um, like I've, I told them like, I'm giving you 12 plus the tip. Right. And Mm -hmm. they didn't, they're, this is the first job for like a lot of them. So they just were like, Oh, so 12 flat kind of thing. Right. But like with the tips, they're like getting like three or four on top of that. So they're getting paid like 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. As well, a starting job. Well, the other thing yeah. is, once they see it, they see the taxes coming out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So... Everybody uh, hit, is hit by that. I I just want to say that, because it's so funny when you look at your first paycheck, and you're like, yeah. it takes, like, 40% out of my... my <laughs> what what can I do with this? Yeah, but, I mean, that, that's yeah, the that, thing. That's amazing to make as, like... Yeah. Like, your first job. And then, for them to... Like, for them, it's, like, one of those, like you said that like I would get stuff taken, like there would be a chunk taken out because of taxes and like, because of the tip, it looks as though they're not getting anything taken out. Right. Yeah. So they're just like, so you're just There's giving me full paychecks. Like yeah. <laughs> even <laughs> though nobody, do you, do they actually even get paychecks? Um, the first one I had to, okay. yeah. Yeah. Just because she didn't put in her direct deposit correctly. That's, that's also how it works. But like, it's, it's, I had, yeah. I had an employee do a paycheck and I was just like, this is wild. Like, why, why are you get just direct deposit? You can see it there. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you the online. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's just so funny the logistics, like what we used to do, because I worked at Safeway and uh, back yeah. then you actually had to, well, you didn't have to, but I was like 15 or 16. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't care back then and yeah. you're still no. in high school. Um, <laughs> so what have you, I, like you said, you, you basically uh, managed other restaurants before. Yeah, yeah. What, any lessons you learned with your own? Oh, yeah. Um, that are new, I say, I guess. I mean, like, take take my experience with Panda, for example. Um, I think Panda really solidified the idea that um, there are there is a learning curve to cooking. Um, so, you know, like, for a new hire, if they're working in the back for Panda, it takes a minimum of three months for them to actually become semi-decent and semi-competent. Mm-hmm. So... Like, if you look at the recipes that I have, like, it's one of those, like, oh, it, it should have literally taken you, like, two to three weeks for you to become competent within, like, this inside span of the time. kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it is one of those things where it's, like, um, like, again, it comes with, you know, like, proper menu design and everything. Um, like, a lot of people don't factor that in that, you know, like, uh, there is going to be turnover in your restaurant and that, you know, like you have to kind of mitigate that turnover somehow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like my thing was, was, you know, like I'm trying to mitigate turnover by one paying higher. Um, there should be less turnover that way. But then it's also one of those, uh, you got to make sure that within a certain time span, if they're not picking up stuff that you, yeah, maybe find another person that would, well, there is that, but then it's also one of those, um, like a lot of these, a lot of the people that I'm going to be hire realistically are going to be high schoolers, college mm-hmm. kids, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be their first job. Um, I understand my role in society is yeah. to pick up these people and really like give them, you know, like a first job experience where like, it's like, Hey, these are things that you need in life. These are like skills that you're going to take with you. Yeah. So, um, again, like that's, that's one of those things that I, I really want to focus on. Um, like, I don't want to be remembered for, like, good food. I want to be remembered because I'm a good employer more mm-hmm. than anything, right? Um, like, that, that that was the focus of, you know, like, my, my boss in Korea with his, uh, with his franchise. He was like, I don't want to be remembered for having, you know, like, this food or that, that food or anything. It's like, no, I want to be remembered because, like, we actually changed the franchising model in Korea. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually made it so that, you know, like, employees make a percentage cut like percentage cuts never exist in korea so for him to like start saying you know like hey i'm only going to take 50 percent, and the rest of the 50 percent is cut up like with the employees like that's something that's foreign in korea that just doesn't exist yeah so you know like that's what he wants to be remembered for and uh, i mean uh, i'm i'm sure like he's doing well i haven't checked up on him since i came back but um yeah that's the same thing uh, that's the same mentality that I have with this it's like I don't I don't want to do what's being done right now because status quo isn't really working yeah you know like, so it's like why why follow status quo when it doesn't work you know like let's try something different let's see if it works and if it doesn't then yeah yeah makes sense yeah so. uh, well I guess for you being so long, like seeing something work over there that you kind of knew what you wanted to do with your spot and what you wanted people to see you as. I, I guess that's the biggest thing to you rather than 
the restaurant as a whole or the food. It's more of your image. Um, image as an employer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 one of those things where you know, like um, that that was something my mentor really, you know, like it drilled into my head. It was just that, like, hey, a company is you know, like just an extension of you as a you know, like as the CEO. Like yeah. this company that I have, you know, like he was talking about himself. It's like this is an extension of me, right? Like ultimately, whatever they do, like it's you know, like on me kind of thing, and it reflects me. So, like, it's the same with this. Like, this restaurant, yes, like, this is one of many restaurants I wish to have. Like, but ultimately, like, it has to feel like it's me. Like, my my handprints have to be, like, all over it kind of thing. And, yeah, it's one of those, like, like I said, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be remembered as, you know, like, McDonald's right yeah i'd rather be a chick-fil-a than a mcdonald's if that makes sense yeah i mean what i mean by that is that like mcdonald's very recently they opened up their they opened up the first store without people in it yeah right? fully automated and like for me that's like that's such an affront to like what food is right like food like there's so much like there's so much that is entwined with food um you know like culture is like literally like Food defines culture is what I've learned like throughout my time in Asia. It's like, yeah, this like, for example, like like the vermicelli bowls, like that comes like from like necessity, like those noodles, that's literally the starch. Like that's been like drained from rice and they're just using that. Mm. Like after they cook the rice, like that starch. That's the runoff. Yeah. It's the runoff. And, and they use everything. They use everything. They make like noodles out of that starch you know like it's like one of those like who who would have thought like they can make more food out of this kind of thing but they somehow did it right so it's 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 literally one of those things where it's like um yeah it there's when when you look at the history of food it 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 really defines you know like where the people are you know um and like that's something that I've, I've always thought about with america it's like American food culture is always like fast food culture, but, um, do I, you know, like as an American, like, do I really want like the burger to be like the quintessential, like American dish kind of thing? Or, yeah. you know, like, is there room for other things? Right. Um, so yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, just like you said, Kava and Chipotle, I could definitely see, uh, Okinawa being something like that. And it's just like, yeah. The, the funny thing is, like, imagine, I mean, you grew up at the same time I did. Chipotle was just like, uh, I mean, Chipotle was actually amazing in our, yeah. everyone wanted to go to Chipotle in high school. That was like the spot, like, yeah. oh, we're going to Chipotle. You're going to Chipotle? Can you take me? Yeah, so, like, exactly. Home room. <laughs> so, um. Nowadays, it's more like, uh, uh, what, what do they call that? Uh, a cornerstone. It's like McDonald's. Like, yeah. Even though McDonald's, I think, used to own part of Chipotle as well at one point. But yeah, that's a that's a wild story too. Like if you read up on it, it's just like one of those like Chipotle did. It, it's amazing. Like they leveraged like McDonald's like purchase so well to like expand and like the logistics that McDonald's has. Like that's that's again that's something that I learned from Panda as well. It's just like holy crap, this is like. The restaurant industry is literally just a logistics game. If you oh, yeah. know how to do logistics, you'll be great at like doing restaurants. A lot of people don't know that McDonald's doesn't make 
like much money and sometimes they take a hit on sandwiches like fries and drinks that's where you're making your money yeah but the big thing is real estate yeah they're basically just making money off the franchise tag and the real estate rent yeah some people i mean i think there was a movie that just came out or something like that explaining that yeah it's also a bunch of other things but a lot of people don't know that that they don't really make money off the food that yeah much. it's I mean, it's a land that the restaurant yeah, is on yeah. yeah same with panda like if you if you like dive into like panda's finances you'll see that like there's like shell companies and everything like andrew has shell companies that literally buys the land that all these pandas like you know like exist on and yeah uh if you look at their pnl like it's it's one of those like Oh, so Andrew takes 49%, but then that 49% doesn't also like consider the 8% rent that he takes, you know, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. So it's like, again, um, it's, it's just one of those like, holy crap, you know, like, Oh, they serve food too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Like the, the network that Andrew made from nothing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I find, I find that part to be pretty amazing too. Like right, right now I'm in that phase where, you know, like, um like what is it the 21st yeah so pretty soon i think it's a like, couple days from now like it'll be like when i actually started negotiating like a year since i started negotiating for like purchasing the existing restaurant that was you know where my restaurant is now mm-hmm. um but it's it's wild to think that like this was just something in my head yeah. like a year ago yeah. and like now it's like but you start talking about it right just like you yeah. said like yeah, you're yeah. gonna have all those franchises once you say it it's it, it has to happen kind of thing and yeah. it's yeah <laughs> so like yeah at that point i had let's see i had gone like uh it was year three of me coming back from asia and then um i had looked at over 200 locations like i have a google maps like thing Let of 200 just, locations just peppered like a uh, serial killer right yeah basically and then like uh, i have like special like flags instead of just the, like, the normal red flags that you know like you put up for all these locations mm-hmm. i have like special flags for like these are the ones that i went into contract with and like mm-hmm. i have like two dozen like that i went into contract with yeah. but then like at the last minute they like bailed out because another person came in or something like yeah offer them yeah yeah and i mean like it's it's one of those like um yeah like i'm in in the eyes of like financial bankers and everything like i am a guy that should not have a a, you know establishment of their own in this area like um it's 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 really weird to like think that like there is some gatekeeping going on you know like with like real estate uh it's not just prices but yeah at least in the northern virginia like market like yeah uh, price plays a huge thing like uh, mom and pop shots cannot like survive in, in this environment yeah um and then the other thing too is that like uh, mom and pop shops don't exist be- simply because you know like the real estate agent is literally saying nah you, <laughs> there's no way that you'll you know like survive here yeah. which again is based off of the rent being so ridiculous yeah i don't know where i heard the study but it was saying that like uh no i think it was just talking about businesses in in general it was like in within like the three or four months Mm -hmm. they start they basically they shut down by then and then it was like two years after it was i don't remember the percentage on that but that's overall businesses and stuff like that city of fairfax is super rough because there's no parking 
And like I, I agree. But you picked yeah. a good spot because you have so bad and good. Because mm-hmm. you got the four spaces in front, but then you've got that whole parking lot right behind. Right that, behind. Yeah. So, so like it's one of those like once you know, you know oh, yeah, you're yeah. fine. But like, yeah, for the new the new people, they're always just like, Your parking sucks and it's like Oh, you can park mm. on the back. <laughs> yeah. Like if you yeah, if yeah. you know the area, it's super easy to get in and super easy to park yeah. wherever you want. So I, I love the fact that because because of that like I'm a hole in the wall kind of like I am actually a hole in the wall in the middle of like the most visible space. But you also yeah. you're right right near Seven Eleven. Did that project into your uh, property? Because uh, I was like, yeah. So I'll, I'll make the critique. I've never seen a Seven Eleven fail. It will yeah. never fail as long as they have Slurpees, Taquitos, and every candy under the sun. Yeah. No, there is no way that'll fail. But um, it's it is one of those things where, um, like. I, one one of my friends um, that I met at Panda, like he actually opened all of the uh, Marumins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was oh, one of the really? people that opened it. So, yeah. are you good friends with him over there? Um, with well, with the guy that yeah. opened it, yeah. And then I mean, he moved on and did his own stuff, but yeah. So like, he was telling me like, "Hey, your location is fine. Like, we like Marumin made back everything within the first six months you, you know why right because maruman is in pizza hut soul right now you know, that's an old pizza <laughs> yeah. hut that they're in right yeah and yeah there's actually a, a website dedicated to old pizza huts oh really converted into different things it's amazing you should check it out it's yeah but no one nowadays would know besides people who actually grew up in the pizza hut days I, yeah, I guess that's true, but it's it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At any any time I walk into a building that used to be a Pizza Hut, you know, it you know. was a Pizza Hut. Yeah, like, the the shape of the windows, the yeah, the brick, everything is just like this screams Pizza Hut. It's got all those those red plastic glasses on the floor, yeah. the salad <laughs> bar. Um, so I I guess what would you say to someone I guess who was in your shoes, I guess when you started. What would you tell them for advice? Holy crap. Um, if they were in the same shoes as me, like they'd have to be super ballsy mm-hmm. to like even consider doing it. Like I opened this. So the restaurant, uh, I purchased the Chinese restaurant, which uh, was failing miserably. Like they were failing so badly that they didn't even give me their numbers. They're, they didn't give me finances. And like uh-huh. I was like, I can already guess and it's not good. Like, here's a number that I'm going to give you. And, like, I purchased it for a little bit higher simply because there was another competitor. And I was like, this is my only shot. Like, yeah. if I don't get this, then I'm not doing this restaurant thing. So, uh, like, I bought it for 60K. And then um, that was with a 200K budget okay. for, like, the entire... What, like, what does the 60K actually, like, come with? It came with... Uh, me taking over the lease, okay. uh, whatever equipment was in there already, yeah. which by the way, he took like half of the equipment Without and it was, it. yeah, yeah. It was like he one of those good like, stuff. I mean like the good stuff for him was like really crappy stuff that I just didn't need. Oh yeah. Way. Like That's literally cool. all I needed was a hood. So it was just like one of those, yeah. you can you'd take be, everything. You'd be surprised how yeah. expensive a hood is and then 70k set up as yeah. well and then no, that, that's great yeah, yeah. so and it's and it's also zoned correctly too right yeah. people, people don't know the logistics yeah. of those details yeah like, so the zoning like all of that like i was just like so like the way that i thought about it was a hood will normally cost me about at that time because it was covid too it was going to be like 120k to like install a brand new hood yeah so 
it was just like, oh, so I get a hood for like half off then. Yeah. And like it's already zoned and like I don't have to do any of the paperwork yeah. that usually takes like six months to do anyway. So uh, this is a come up then. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So that's the way that I saw it. And then, you know, like incomes, like actual purchase. And then um, it's like, OK, so the things that I have to do to renovate it to actually make it work mm-hmm. like that was the, like, holy crap. I did not think that it would cost me like so much more because it just keeps on adding and adding. it just, it's it never... just adds up yeah like for example the steam table in my budget it was three to five k what's the steam table for the steam table is where all the food is displayed okay. and like they uh, they already had it like mind you they already had the steam table i guess it wasn't working though um it was reversed so the hot stuff was where the cold stuff is now and the uh-huh. cold stuff is there. And it was uh-huh. just like, I, like my parents didn't understand why I needed that switched. It weren't why like the Chinese guy was absolutely dumb for doing it that way. Yeah. And like, it was like, maybe that's why they went out of business. Yeah. Their hot food was cold and their, their <laughs> food was hot. I mean like logistically think of it this way, right? Like, uh, if you're grilling the hot food and you have to walk 10 steps over to like put the hot food into the yeah. holding. It's, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Small details adds up. Yeah. If you're doing a lot of quick work. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you know, like 15 times in yeah. a day, it's, it's going to add up. So yeah. I like, mean, yeah. Margins are like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. In restaurants. Exactly. So, um, that, that was just one of those like small details that like they didn't get right. Uh, another thing they didn't get right. For example, like, You'll notice this now that I say it. And like, it's funny because all of the rest, like all of the restaurateurs that have come in and like tried the food and everything, mm. they, one, they love it. But then like the second thing they say is like, how are you doing this? Because with the equipment you have, you shouldn't be yeah. like, and it was just like, I'm just, will- I'm literally willing this to happen. <laughs> but like the thing they notice is uh, your dish sink is the tiniest dish sink I've ever seen. Right. And normally for a dish sink, you can put a full hotel pan in there. You can't do that with mine. <laughs> so like they're like, how are you doing this? Is that like one of your big purchases coming up next? That is going to be after. So it's a minor purchase technically because all of the other ones are like 15,000 plus that oh, I have to okay. get. Right. But I, That's like a big thing, like uh, restaurant resale stuff. That's yeah. like huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. So hope, like that's kind of like what I'm hoping for that I can find some of these things like, uh, in auctions. That would make sense. Like why, unless it's like something like uh, high yield or yeah. Like why would you ever buy brand new unless it's working well? Yeah. Well, unless it affects for, for a sink, it's, it's more of a, it has to fit the space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like that one's like, Oh yeah. Not it selling like... them at Ikea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's frustrating trying to find a piece that'll like actually fit. It's like, Oh man, I, I, I'd rather just spend money on a new one and just yeah completely yeah. not worry about it. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so there is that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's 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 kind of hilarious. Just like all of the things that like I wish that I can have or like, like people don't understand when they come into like they're, they're eating the food and they're like people are loving it. They don't but understand like, what has gone into like yeah. each ingredient too. That or like the idea that hey, this concept is running at like 40%. Like the things that are crossed out on the board, like those things should be like yeah. there. But, you know, like they're not because well, logistically I They're can't. amazing at 40%. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. So like that's the thing that I'm just like, 
holy crap, people are like, that's what gives me hope that it's just like, oh man, people are really liking this, even and at 40. Let me just say that you, we did this on your day off. You, you work six out of the seven days right now, correct? Yeah. I mean, like even, even before this, like I actually was at Costco, like picking up stuff and like my day off is like logistics day. So it's the day that I, I can run around and actually get yeah. stuff. Because I'm always in the kitchen. Yeah. Because yeah. I also saw that you just sent a, an email. Well, I, I just started getting the emails because we were going back and forth. And I was like, this is great. Like, there's a lot yeah. of good stuff on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't think that that's the thing. Like, with somebody that wants to do something like this, I don't think they understand the hours that go into it. Like, I can almost guarantee, like, 95% of the people won't, like, won't want to do it after they hear, like, uh, last week I did 130 hours mm-hmm. and like, yeah. I have to be okay with it. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when you think about it, it goes back to exactly what you said about like your percentage in the company. That's what you're kind of yeah. earning back. Yeah. And that's like at the end of the day, I am building. So but you're having fun with my dream. Is it? Yes. It's, it's, it's one of those like, um, I, I can see the like light at the end of the tunnel kind yeah. of thing, but it's also one of those like, I mean, I'm still at that stage where it's like, um, I really don't know if this concept is going to go off or not. Like yeah. it's been, it's been seven, eight months now. Like no, no major, like, like reviewer has actually come out. Right. Like literally one Instagrammer has come out like that has over 70 K like, I think I saw that. Is that the one who did the... Uh, Rissell? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I think they did the Japanese restaurant uh, across from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Genki or Genki or something. something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's it's like one of those, like, yo, man, like, nobody's talking about me. But that's, it's word of mouth. Like. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's the thing that kind of gets me because I was just like, hey, no, but I'm 100% doing this the right way where it's like literal word of mouth is what's yeah. driving everything. So, like, again, I'm still in that stage of, like, I don't have enough word of mouth. I need yeah. to figure out how to get more word exactly. of mouth going. Yeah. Right now, my like the workers I have, all of them are from Madison minus one. So like I gave them two thousand coupons to give to like all the kids. That's awesome. So like like I, I told them very clearly, like these are the goals we need to reach in order for you to one make money, did but you, two to keep a job. Did you did you put them like any disseminating marks so you know which coupons you gave to which person? Uh, no, there's only one coupon right now. Oh, for the all only of reason that. I would say that is yeah. like when you get the coupons back. Yeah, yeah. And if that person had like got more people out there, mm-hmm. I don't know that they get like a little benefit. They get a little them. bonus from it. Not, not. I wouldn't say bonus, but like, yeah. I don't know something from it. Like the best person, the best person who got the most coupons there. I don't know. Yeah, I I thought about it, but it's it it's again one of those things where it's like, hey, like I really want to like in terms of the company culture, it's like, hey, we're a team. Like, yeah, it it kind of goes against that when you're just like incentivizing like individuals. Yeah. Only. So yeah, it, it right. is one of those like like I told them very clearly like we're gonna have a goal like a team goal for this, and they were like, oh, seven hundred coupons like to return and like if we do that, that they were like, we'll figure something out for the goal. And I was like, that's not how goals work. You need to like, <laughs> be like listed out so that, you know, like we reach yeah. it kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny working with high schoolers simply because they're so unaware of like how things work. 
Yeah. But it's also like I, I love that part too where it's like, hey, I get to mold you guys the way that like I, I would like for you guys to be. Yeah. And then again, uh I, I also made it very clear to them, like when they were hired, it's like a lot of these guys or a lot of these kids are going to college in the next six months. So it's like, yeah, turnover is again built into this. Like it's already no, a known fact that they're going to be leaving. But it, like it's it, I made it very clear to them. It's like, hey, like by the end of this, my goal is that one, that uh, you'll enjoy your job while you're here. But two, um, you'll have learned some life skills, some uh, skill sets and tool sets like uh, that can you can use elsewhere. Uh, one thing, for example, is serve safe. Right. Which is a certification for handling food safely. Like I'm a proctor for that, so I can give it to them yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So uh, with that, they can go anywhere else, meet managers. Um, they can start at a managerial level. So, yeah, that's a great, you know, like, come yeah, up. That's a big, especially <laughs> like if they're going to college and they actually want to. If they want to pursue money, then. Yeah, exactly. So um, that was one thing. But then the other thing was, you know, like once they leave, if they, you know, like during breaks and everything, it's like, hey, you know, yeah. like this is wide open for you. You can come back and like totally. That's probably the biggest time for business too. Summer, yeah. winter breaks. Exactly. the holidays and then. So, you know, like that's, again, it's also looking at it long term, but it's, you know, like again, being very realistic and open with everybody. And that's part of the company culture that I want to have for. Well, the other the thing company. you add to it is like just exposure. And like you said, word of mouth, like if you get. Yeah. Like, for example, they, they have to go to high school and obviously losing good workers is bad. But I mean, yeah. if they love the food, they love the atmosphere, they're going to talk about it at college. They're yeah. going to tell friends about exactly. it. They're going to tell the, the neighborhood. There's no reason they wouldn't. Exactly. So like that's that's really what I told them, too, is like by the end of the six months, hopefully like you like this enough where like you tell your siblings or you tell somebody else, like somebody that replaces you, basically. And like, yeah. you know, like I always thought that that was always a good business practice to have as well like i mean or just an individual practice to have like if you're going to be leaving a job you find your replacement you know yeah. like that's kind of like one of those like if i like the company i should be doing that like I yeah should you want it to be for... around after exactly you leave for exactly amount of time yeah so um you know like that's again this is kind of the joy of working with you know like fresh minds that like are completely moldable it's like yeah. hey I can mold you the right way or I can mold you like the incorrect way. Yeah. So let's hope I'm doing it the right way. Definitely. Yeah. So no, I see that. Uh, that's, yeah. I feel like the models that just feedback have like a feedback system, not just input, mm -hmm. output, input, output, but kind of like look back on itself to kind of keep on improving is the best type of method. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I ask everyone is what's one thing that uh, your parents did that you'd like to pass on to a next generation and what's something that you would either basically do differently mm -hmm. that they did something that i think i like i talk with my parents on a daily basis i mean now i do because i have to yeah right i mean like they are the ones that like I took the loan from. So like, yeah, they're always wondering like when they're going to get their money back and whatnot. But How does that make you feel by the way? Hey, Dick. Oh my God. Is it's... it like when I was living with my parents, uh -huh. which was for a very short time after Virginia Tech. Yeah. It, it wasn't, I, I obviously everyone loves not paying rent. Yeah. But it was emotional rent. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, no, no, no. I and, I, and I imagine you feel that. 
Yeah, yeah. There's there is a bit of that. I mean, like I'm not living with them. They they live in. No, no, no. I know, but I meant like if I owed my parents coming back amounts of money, I would just. So coming back to America, part of it was to actually, you know, like be around them because you know, like one, they're getting older, and it's it's one of those like all of my friends were 15 plus years older than me back in uh, Korea and Asia, and one of the things they would always say is like, hey, like. Your parents are around for a limited amount of time. Like, make sure you spend time with them while they're still able-bodied, because down the road they're gonna get, you know, like dementia or something, and you're just not gonna, you know, like have that experience. So do it while you can, right? So that was part of the reason why I came back. And then um, it's really weird now, like because one, I'm a I'm a full-grown adult now. Like, I'm not just some college kid that like went off to college, like college and didn't know anything about the world so like that's something that my parents are kind of coming around to it's like oh you know like my like for the first few months my dad was always frustrated every single day like helping me out because he was just like he had to come to terms that he was the one that was inexperienced in the restaurant industry and I had you know like this wealth of knowledge that he needed to rely on um so you know like that that dynamic of, you know, like father, son, like completely changes in that, yeah. <laughs> you know, scenario. So, um, no, like, uh, that's, that's such a weird thing to be experiencing right now in my life stage. Right. Like, um, but it's also been a super huge blessing because, you know, like I said, like you only get one time with them. I'm, I'm enjoying like my, like I, I am thoroughly enjoying like all of the troubles that we're getting into and all of that stuff. And it's like, oh yeah you know like this these are my parents like uh, yeah um but something that they've done um you know like even this whole thing like when i think of it like it doesn't make sense to a certain degree right like just the like blind faith they had in me (laughs) to do this like i i mean i told them um like right now i've only told you maybe like up to five years right of like the plan that I have but like it's one of those like I when I was in Asia and they came to visit I actually gave them a whole like uh 20 year spiel yeah you know? like and it's it's one of those things that like my mentor really like ingrained in me he was just like yeah five years is for you know like amateurs like everybody should be doing this but not a lot of people do 10 years is when you know like oh you can make a difference in the you know like your area but 20 years is really you know like that's really focusing on something bigger than yourself so um, yeah, I told them like, this is what I want to do in 20 years. And like, um, like I, if I want to come back to America and do something like this, then I'm going to need funding because there's no way that like I can fund this myself. And like, it was probably like a 10 minute conversation that my parents had with each other, at least in front of me. But like, it was one of those, like, yeah, like again, blind faith, like, literally was just like here blank check go for it um yeah like that's something that i don't understand still i mean like again i don't have kids of my own yet like i i'm sure that'll come when like i have kids like it's just like yeah but that's yeah i i I still think that's ridiculous um yeah no i i mean i i talked with my dad like the other day to one one of the um like maybe a couple months ago like on like one of the busier days when it was just like going really well it was like did you think that we would be you know like doing this well this fast and he was like 
no, I kind of expected me to lose all my own money. And like, it was just like one of those, like, why would you bet on me? Then? <laughs> he was like, well, you're my son. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Right. And it was just like, holy crap. That's, uh, that's, that's really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, like if that, if, if anything, that's kind of the thing that I would like to, you know, like pass on as well. It's just like, um, hopefully when I have kids down the road, like that's something that I can do for them as well. I'd like to be in a better place to do it, but then like, yeah. Um, just, just to be able to be in a position to say like, Hey, you know, like you have dreams, you have aspirations, you know, like what, what can I do to get you there? Um, that's something that I'd like to be able to pass on. All right. Yeah. Anything you want to basically add on or change that? Let's see. Well, just going off of what my dad's said over and over, um, it's, it's like one of the things that he regrets is that like, he just didn't spend time with us, um, growing up, uh, you know, being an immigrant dad, working at a store, you know, like trying to pay for like the family and everything. Like he, he put himself in that situation kind of right. Where it's just like, I have to provide for my family. And because of that, like he was like, he, he, he's told me that like, Oh yeah, I didn't get to spend time with my family. Right. Yeah. Um, so that might be something that like, I'd, I'd like to change, you know, like hopefully if everything goes well with this business, then it's like, I have ample time to do that. Yeah. So but, work your way out. Yeah. yeah. Um, delegating. Yeah. But you know, like that, that is something that, um, you know, like hearing from my, from my dad, like, I mean, I, I, every time he says that I'm always just like, you know, like as a kid, I don't think I would have cared, you know, like you yeah. could have definitely just, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. been, you know, hang, hung out with us a little bit more or anything, but yeah, yeah. It, I don't think, uh, the problem that he, or the dilemma that he kept on bringing up, it, it was not a thought that I had in my head yeah. when I was growing up. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's, that's definitely something like, I hope I could change mm-hmm. for myself or like, I don't want to be in that position where like, I'm having to like, be like, I have to feed my family versus, you know, yeah, yeah. I can't be around my family. So, uh, so while you're here, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you have working on coming up? Oh man. Um, it's really weird because this is the first time that I've in a while that I've had to like actually talk about like, um, just the big, big goals mm-hmm. versus like my tiny goals, which right now is just like, I need to get this for the kitchen or I need to get that. <laughs> like we have to hit X amount of sales, or, you know, like stuff like that. Um, I mean, um, I'm, I'm going to be focusing more on like these curated bowls um, mm-hmm. because again, like one of those things that like I, I really wish to uh, do with this concept is, you know, like really expose the American public to, you know, um, just, non-american non-american cuisine so to speak right um like it's it's such a really like it's such a weird thing to like experience this where um because i've put everything in english more or less everything in english yeah um i have somehow ostracized like the korean community and the vietnamese community that are so used to like these dishes yeah 
like they're this like I don't know what to get here versus like you know like uh, English speaking like Americans where it's just like oh yeah I I know what that is I know what that is yeah. and I'd like to get that kind of thing so it's it's just so weird seeing that because you know like usually at like Vietnamese restaurants or like Korean restaurants like they know what they're getting yeah so it's it's such a weird thing um, but yeah these curated bowls are supposed to kind of one like. I can actually take pictures of them and like show like this is what it is and um but two it's also to kind of teach the you know like general public hey this is the bowl that i based it off of this yeah. is kind of a standard in you know like x country or so right like for example the next one that we're coming up uh where we're bringing out is the lemongrass bowl mm-hmm. uh which is lemongrass chicken and that's me catering to like the american public because uh, lemongrass chicken isn't like as common as lemongrass pork in mm-hmm. Vietnam, right? But um, yeah, just that over jasmine rice and like just herbs and peanuts, basically more or less, right? And it's just like one of those like yeah, this is what you'll see like a office worker in Vietnam getting, and like um, yeah, because most most people when they come they get everything in the bowl and everything, but it's it's also one of those things where it's like you can do that and you get a great experience. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, like I love doing that too, but it's also one of those like um, addition by subtraction kind of things where you subtract some things and it turns into a completely but, different thing. Yeah, you're you're exactly right because I remember, like the first time I went to Kaba, I probably did the same exact thing, mm-hmm. and then, and I, I finally got to figure out what I wanted, but then. Yeah. when you bring older people there like they have no clue like they yeah. they don't even know what some of the stuff in there is yeah. and the other thing is they just started like maybe last year or something like that they they started doing curated bowls where they were like oh this is the greek bowl this is what's in it yeah and like they had different stuff and i was like that is so much easier for my parents like i don't have to I don't, don't have, have to, to tell make three them. bowls. Yeah. yeah. Like can i get a greek and then i'm going yeah. i'm going to curate mine but yeah these two yeah, yeah. So, that. like, that that was always my qualm with Kava. Like, when I went, it's like, one, the menus are so tiny, like, you have to squint to read it. But then, like, um, my dad, who, yes, he speaks English and can read English, but, like, he's he's still uncomfortable with it. Where it's yeah, just like, he's not confident. Yeah. Just like any, yeah. Yeah. So, it's one of those, like, yeah, we went to Kava, and he was just like, I don't know what I want. Like, I can't read that. That's yeah. too tiny. Like, I have, like, you know, like... I'm aging. I can't see stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's just like, I want everything. And like, he had his bowl and like, it was just like, Oh, this is horrible. Like these are horrible combinations. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. that's the thing with Kava. It's like, you can actually make a really horrible bowl. Lemony. Yeah. You have to stick to lanes. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. if you don't know your lanes kind of thing, it's like, Oh man, this is going to be a you know, like horror show for whoever's eating it. And like, that was what happened with my dad. Like he was just like, yeah, my bowl sucks. And like, he, I was just like, here, just have mine. And like, I switched bowls with him and like, he was just like, yours is so much better. And I'm like, yeah. So like, thankfully, like while I was like making everything, like that was always something in my mind where I was just like, everything has to, like, if you throw everything in, it has to taste good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah, has yeah. to be fine as is kind of thing. But, um, again, addition by subtraction, like when you take out this or that and make like something super Korean, it turns into like this really amazing Korean dish versus... You know, like the Vietnamese stuff, which is super Viet. Like I, like I don't really say this often, but like again, like the guy that I worked with, top, you know, like top fifty in all of Asia, right, for Vietnamese food. So it's like one of those like I'm confident with my Vietnamese food, 
in like my like Vietnamese cooking to be like, hey, I guarantee that like this is probably like truer to like modern day Vietnam than anywhere else in this entire like East Coast. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's one of those like like I mean like a great example of that is like the coffee, for example. Like, why does mine taste so different compared to other places? Like, yes, it's cold brewed, but it's like, yeah, no, I'm actually using the right beans. Everybody else is using Cafe Du Monde, which is American. And it's like, uh, you know, like the, the story behind that is that um, basically all of the Im- Vietnamese immigrants that uh, came, they came in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically after the fall of Saigon, like all of these southern Vietnamese came and immigrated over here. Um, but after that, basically East Germany had a coffee shortage. And uh, they went to Vietnam and were like, hey, we need some coffee. Uh, can you become our supplier? So like Vietnam built this huge coffee industry that they just didn't have. Didn't have before. Yeah. And now they're the number two, like uh, largest exporter of coffee in the world. Right. But like with that also comes like coffee culture that yeah. just didn't exist. Right. So, yeah, like that's that's something that the immigrants, you know, from Vietnam from the 70s just they didn't have that in yeah. their lives. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's scary. So, it, yeah, no, like, that's... Oh, man. The bunnies. Like, the bread option there, like, people don't understand. Like, that's actually supposed to be the number one seller. And, like, it's it sucks that, like, I'm opening with, like, the number two. And then, like... Yeah. <laughs> the number one is just, like, almost non-existent. Because I, like, I know you're pushing okay. the sandwiches, too. Like... Yeah. Yeah, so... I gotta try that next time, then. Um... Yeah, whenever it's available, give it a try. Like I've I've had multiple people that have had it be like, "This is better than the bowl." I don't know why you're doing the bowl. Like it doesn't make sense. Like they they get angry. Like my my employees get angry with with, with that too. They're just like, "Why aren't you making the sandwiches?" Like I want the sandwiches. Like it's it's so frustrating when like you have staff that like have had it and they're just like, "Why aren't you doing what?" Maybe like, maybe they'll start this? pushing it. Yeah. No, they they hundred percent are. Like they're Good. just like. Uh, can like and like again i keep telling them like one we need more sales so that i can have two of you yeah like on the oh, weekends yeah. so like, you don't have to yeah <laughs> i mean i mean it makes sense it's just hard to yeah it's hard to tell especially high schoolers something <laughs> like so, something so expansive to them when they're just brand new yeah um, so it's 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 funny like again like i love dealing with how new they are to everything but it's also one of those like frustrating things where it's like hey you need to you know like Go, come back down to like yeah, yeah, yeah. reality kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's it. Um, thank you very much for uh, coming and yeah. talking. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you'll see me. I, I mean, I've, I've come every week since, since we found out yeah. So you'll see me again. And sounds good, but that's it. Cool. Yeah. If you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me, Please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.